Welcome to the Gutsy Ladies podcast. I'm your host, Bella Reynolds. I'm a life coach on a mission to support midlife women to live their next chapters with ease, with clarity, and with confidence to become a gutsy lady. A gutsy lady doesn't fade or shy away. She doesn't use midlife as an excuse to live a less fulfilled life. She thinks if not now, when? Until now, the story of midlife hasn't supported this vision for our lives, but it's time to talk about it. In this podcast, I share insights from my personal experience, as well as thoughts and lessons from thousands of coaching hours. If you want to live your best life and are ready to do the work, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. So the topic I'm going to talk about today is a topic that has been burning for a while for me. And I can tell you right now that if I had a dollar for every time a midlife woman has uttered this to me or when I've thought about this, I could probably retire and coach for free. (laughs) And it is basically around the whole concept of why on earth are there not mother's groups for midlife women? Why did we have mother's groups for when we were rearing our children, but at this other phase in our life, we don't naturally go to get into a mother's group? And I think it's a really, really important thing to talk about because if you were someone like me who had a particularly special group of women who were my mother's group out in the country parts of Darling Downs, it was on reflection one of the most... um, Well, it was incredibly healthy. Uh, We certainly did have a little bit of pims to drink when we'd have them. And there was a lot of laughter and a lot of banter. But the other piece to it, it was a real sanity measure. So you would go to that um, mother's group and, you, you know, you would sit around the table and you would share stories with women who were going through similar to what you were going through or some of them were ahead of you. Their shared experience was um, vastly different or um, they were able to give you and share their wisdom. And most importantly, they wanted to. And on reflection, I have been, you know, thinking about why on earth we haven't got them kick-started again for when we women start to go through this process of midlife. So I'm going to give you some of my ideas of why I think we don't do this, but I've also want to give you some hints and tips about how Um, particularly how important community is for women, but for all humans, but how important community is. And if you don't have this going on in your life, just some ideas of how you can get started. Because I do think it is so important, particularly at this phase in our life, where we are really finding ourselves with massive change going on uh, physically, emotionally, mentally, biochemically, And some of us could be getting left behind in that process and all they really need is a help from their mates. So why is it that I think um, midlife women don't naturally create a community for themselves to help them navigate midlife? I think a really, really big reason for this is that we we can be simply too busy. 
we may have had a mother's group as our children were a lot younger and then as those children started to grow up and get into schooling and they maybe get to high schooling for a lot of us we went back to at the very least part-time if not full-time work and so that sense of community of other adults around us in our day-to-day life could have been taken up with colleagues that we work with as well as all the busyness of um, helping rear our children through this age and stage or all those ages and stages. And also, of course, um, you know, we may have a partner in our life at that time, so we've got to make time to be with that partner as well. So I think accidentally what can happen is that we don't consciously choose to keep nourishing women in our life. Now, this is not everyone because I do know of women who have definitely consciously kept other women in their life. However, I'll say that not all of them can say that a lot of these women were chosen deliberately for their nourishment to their world. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that. So I think one of the one of the main reasons that we don't consciously choose to keep a mother's group forum going on for our life, therefore it is for us and with us when we hit midlife, is we just simply get too busy. We, um, Our commitments and the different roles that we take on over those ensuing decades can just literally take precedence over something like sharing time with other women going through the same experience. So, Essentially, I suppose what that is, is we grow out of the habit of having these nourishing women and those relationships in our life. I think a second thing is that we possibly think by the time we get to midlife that we really should have all our shit together. So if we have come to midlife and we may be starting to find it a little bit tricky to navigate, I think some of the narrative that we could have going on in our heads is that we really should have it all together. Others seem to have it all together, particularly other women. So I don't want to burden myself on girlfriends about this thing about, you know, basically not sleeping as well, or, you know, my sex life's not as good, or gee, there's some stuff going on with my body that just really doesn't feel good. Or why have I lost this stupid amount of confidence in myself? Why am I second-guessing myself? Because, quite frankly, I reckon all the women that um, I interact with in a social setting, let alone in in a professional setting, seem to have it together. So why would I divulge that I'm not coping very well? And why would I share my trials and tribulations? Because... Really, it may be a bit first worldy. Now, there's a whole podcast or a whole um, episode coming about the old first world piece, so I won't go massively into it. But I think when I think as women, we can tend to um, trivialize some of the stuff that goes on for us because we get in the habit of looking after other people's needs before ours. Now, I don't think that's a bad thing. It's just like anything, too much of anything can be a little bit unhelpful. So I basically think that one of the reasons we don't, you know, want to share our trials and tribulations in a mother's group style forum in our midlife is that we just don't want to share the shitty stuff. 
because we've got potentially believe other people don't have that shitty stuff going on. Um, and that can actually also be fueled by um, a sense of shame and a thing called comparisonitis, which I'll talk about in a minute. I think the other thing that can really stop women from actively pursuing a mother's group style um, group of nourishing friends, particularly in midlife, is because we simply have got out of the habit of taking time for ourselves. And I'm sure you've heard of the adage, it's, um, you know, self care. It's not selfish, it's self-care or self-love. And with so many clients I work with in this midlife space, one of the biggest things that they have to start to give themselves permission to do is take some time for themselves. And when I work with them, particularly in the habit creation space, it will be something as simple as five minutes a day. It might be breathing space between the transition in the car into the chaoticness of home or literally taking time to walk, if they're working from home, around the block and not have their phone with them and just literally check out. Those little things are just so nourishing to our nervous system they're nourishing to our being and our health and we simply get out of the habit because once again we can get in the habit of putting other everyone else's needs first and we do that sometimes weirdly because it is looking after us when our children are predominantly smaller that if we get those kids, their needs met and the husband's needs met and get them all off to bed, then we can have some time for ourselves. But it's what are we taking on subconsciously through that? And I think the interesting thing is that when I reflected on my whole experience of mother's group um, with the gorgeous women who um, I played with, is I think we could almost justify that time we had with each other because it was for the sake of the children. It wasn't like telling hubby that day when they'd say, oh, what have you got on for the day? And it's like, oh, well, you know, instead of cleaning the house or um, instead of, I don't know, maybe doing some paid work outside the home or at the time I was living on the land. So instead of actually maybe going and doing something within the business with them, if they needed me, it was like, well, I'm going off to see the gals. And I'm pretty sure a lot of times I justified going to the mother's group because the kids were going to be able to be socialised. It was really, really cool for the kids. So isn't that ironic that maybe we started or played with mother's groups because straight away it was because of the needs of the children rather than our own need. Um, So, I mean, they're the three main reasons that I reckon that women don't choose in midlife to think of the mother's group concept where they sit with other women and talk about trials and tribulations of their life, of their day, um, of the chapter that they're navigating. Um, And, of course, I know of women who do have very tight-knit female, you know, circles. So it's I'm really talking to those of you maybe like me who (laughs) for a while there I was missing something. I um, once the um, my youngest Zoe actually left home, and that full empty nesting came in. It was like, wow, I am in the throes, full blown of midlife. I have time available to me now, 
and I've spent so much time focusing on, you know, a lot of my work world so that they help funded the lifestyle for myself and my children and our family. It's like, wow, there's a gap here. And that's when it started to dawn on me. Where was my mother's group? So another point I wanted to sort of bring up is around this whole concept um, of comparisonitis and shame and why I think mothers' groups could be even more valuable than ever in today's society for midlife. And that's because we have seen alarming increases in a lot of mental health issues and it is around the usage of social media. Now, I think social media is fabulous. But like any tool, when social media is using you rather than you using it, um, it can be particularly unhelpful and it has, you know, some real impacts on our mind. And one of the areas that I know you'll be familiar with is this um, comparison tool that it is. So when you're constantly looking at other people's highlight reels on social media and you have a gap of other women who are going through a similar experience to you in midlife and you don't have that real grounded experience, you've only got the virtual experience, then I think, and this is from clients, you know, discussions with me, that comparisonitis that starts to really happen predominantly accidentally can become quite damaging. And what I mean by damaging is it can impact your mood Um, because of this incredible brain we have, which has got this capacity for automaticity and just hooking us into habits, whether they're helpful or not helpful, social media can hook in or our use of social media, you know, getting up first thing in the morning or not even getting out of bed and just opening up your phone by habit and scrolling through by habit social media and seeing what's going on for other people and getting that outside source in front of your mind's eye very early on in your day can impact your mood. And particularly if you have not slept that well the night before or you have had a series of poor sleeps leading up to that. So be really, really careful about this inflammation, I suppose. It's called comparisonitis. Um, Humans use social comparison so that we can generally we can use it to help us feel good about ourselves or help us to measure how we're tracking so that we can actually do some goal setting and do other things that we're looking forward to. But like anything, if we overuse it or if we use it without understanding how it's using us, it can be particularly unhelpful. And I think this also comes to that point around shame. And when I said before, why would some women find that they don't want to share around the negative experiences they may be having around midlife or um, some of the stuff that's really going on deep within them that they're unused to and um, unfamiliar with is because, again, if they're constantly seeing highlight reels of other people not having another source of information or shared experience, then sadly, they can feel like, well, I don't measure up. And if a human believes they don't measure up, they are not going to feel vulnerable enough to share. And we, well, I hope you can recognize now that one of the most 
I think, valuable elements about this conversations that we're having a lot more about mental health, particularly poor mental health, is to be able to be vulnerable and share in a safe environment is one of the healthiest things you can do. So just really watch yourself in regards to, you know, if any of this is resonating, do you do you feel a bit shameful that some of the stuff that you're navigating in midlife just feels shitty and that you feel that other people may not be tracking that way and therefore you are less of a person for that? Just be very aware of it and um, just start to notice it and very simply by just becoming aware of it, then you can start to work through it. And I'll be dealing with a lot of these topics on my podcast. So I, wh- why is community so important for women? Well, quite frankly, I think community is incredibly important for all humans. And if lockdowns didn't teach us that, <laughs> oh dear, I'm not even going to go into that. But I wondered, you know, I started to wonder why is it that community is so important? And there's three reasons that I think community is vital. Um, number one, it, if you are in a true community that you've chosen because it is nourishing for you, and I'm very deliberate about that, be careful about those communities you may be in that you may not have deliberately chosen. You may have accidentally found yourself in them and you don't find them particularly nourishing. Be careful of them and, in my opinion, shed them but that's something you can do over time. But when you find a community that you feel it's a safe space and it's nourishing for you, then that is the operative element, is that you feel safe in that environment. And humans do have this beautiful instinct for conforming. We love to be with other like-minded people and we feel safe when we're with other like-minded people. So, of course, if we feel safe with other like-minded people, one part of our biology, and I'm all about mastering your biology and you can't master something if you haven't learned about it, one of the parts of our biology that I am hell-bent on helping midlife women master is their nervous system. And so when we feel safe, our nervous system naturally over time relaxes or we go into what we call the parasympathetic nervous system. So it's the rest and digest. And that can be on an absolute true sense, like resting, sleeping, and digesting, like digesting food. But it is also resting our mind and it is digesting ideas. So if we feel that we are in a safe space and over time we can share in that space because it's you feel safe and we can be vulnerable in it, then that to me is a community that is worth um, being in and it's also a community worth looking for. The second thing that I absolutely value about nourishing communities is the shared experiences. As I said, I had just the most beautiful mother's group and I'm hoping some of those women will be listening to this podcast. And you know, we recently had a playgroup reunion and it was because I naughtily decided to leave the Darling Downs Toowoomba area and move to my dream of the beach. 
And I can't tell you how gorgeous it was to get around the table with all these women again after many years and we instantly took on those roles and the laughter and the banter. And it's because not only had we had the shared experience of rearing our children in mother's group together, we'd had that shared experience, but we'd kept in contact through that. So we had this commonality. But what brought us together by being mothers in this um, area was a shared experience in our own in our own right. And so that naturally, um, again, calms us. We feel safe. It also promotes that absolute beautiful sharing of wisdom, which I think women can do so well. And a really perfect example of this is my... Um, program Gutsy Ladies. So we're just finishing off with this incredible cohort of women. And in our first meeting, this just shows you what I love about women. They did not know each other at all. But the commonality or the shared experience was that they'd signed up for eight weeks to become Gutsy Ladies. So here we are on the Saturday workshop. You know, they dedicated, I think it was three or four hours of their Saturday to do this workshop as a kickstart. And all my technology went down. My laptop went down, my Zoom went down, even my iPad went down. So I literally, everything went on and I started to um, work with the, like literally said, hi, 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 introduce, and then I went down. So at different points of it, I was coming in and here are these three women who simply had the one shared experience that they'd signed up for Gutsy Ladies. And there they are all chatting and getting to know each other. And it is that sharing of that shared experience or having that shared experience. But when I said about the wisdom piece is so quickly, these women through the program have actually bolstered each other. So they have listened to each other because they had that shared, you know, commonalities, they came together. They've listened to each other's stories. And as they've heard each other start to berate themselves at the beginning stages of bringing on this new habit change, they have bolstered each other. It has been so beautiful to watch as a coach and be part of. So I just, you know, as I said, it's the sharing of the experience, but it's also the sharing of wisdom. And it is such a beautiful thing to be part of when you watch other women lift each other up. So nourishing. The other really cool piece when I looked into what the value of community is, is health outcomes. And look, I know this is not going to surprise any of you, but there is so much evidence out there that the more social you are, and even if you are an introverted soul, that doesn't mean you don't um, seek people or other humans at different phases. It's just the quantity and quality with which you may seek them. But essentially, the research that I was looking at is that they found that um, those humans with close social ties and even unhealthy lifestyles, such as smoking, obesity, or lack of exercise, they actually live longer than those with poor social ties, but more healthy living habits. So I'm not advocating for unhealthy lifestyles, but what I'm saying is if, if you're struggling in those areas of your life, but you also know that you could do more with more social contact, then it's a bit chicken and eggish, right? Why not spend some time increasing your community, increasing the women that you want to spare some time with, 
and particularly the nourishing ones, as I've said, get very deliberate. Reconnect with your old mother's group at the very least or start to decide what you will do around this because it could be the thing that helps you to improve your health and um, and healthy habits because it's not uncommon that women reconnect and then find out that they still have those similar things that they love doing and inadvertently start walking together or they might go and join a gym together or they might go and start doing regular holidays together. So I just, you know, this whole thing of where a mother's group for midlife women, that's where I started, right? So I want you, if this has resonated with you, I want you to just ask yourself the question, how much community are you currently getting? If the answer is a little, not a lot, could do better, then what can you do about it? Well, as I said, one of the steps I would recommend is if you had an old mother's group, like you you were part of a mother's group in the past, even if you've left that state, even that country, Remember that shared experience you had with those women. Why not just reach out and say good day? Because straight away you have a commonality that is going to make it easier to reconnect. Now, if that's not something you did have, if you didn't have a mother's group when your children were being reared, but you would dearly love the concept of a mother's group, where could you start? So where I've helped clients do this in the past is to think of activities that light you up don't just go and find nourishing women for the sake of it and I'm actually going to encourage you to do it face to face you can find lots of groups online but that's not what this is about this is that contact with women in that um you know being able to be in their space um or at the very least in a virtual you know uh zoom type environment rather than just being um, a participator in a forum of conversation and I I, you know I'm going to ask you to find where is a playground for you what are the things that you really like it could be something like even photography it could be something exercise related it could be um, looking up to see if there's any um, even if you like to go to the theatre or you like to go to movies, or um, I know for me another beautiful group of women I've had in my life ever since I was married is the women who married my husband's best mates. Now, we don't see each other a lot. We don't have a lot to do with each other's day-to-day lives, but I can tell you they have helped me navigate some of the toughest times in my life, and it's simply by having them available to me. So I'm really curious to know what you think. Is this something you've added? Like where on earth are the mother's groups for my midlife women or for me as a midlife woman? Um, And let me know if this would help you to be gliding through my midlife rather than grinding because I found that reconnecting and connecting with nourishing groups of women will absolutely help you glide. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Gutsy Ladies podcast. Have you joined my free habit reinvention challenge? If not, why not? Go to bellareynolds.com.au forward slash habits. In seven days, you'll know how to make over your health, your wealth, and your relationships. Sound good? I'll see you there.